All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 9, Episode 6 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Betway. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Biebs, absolutely love the Honolulu Blue Tea. Great way to kick off the show. Not quite as big of a fan as of the Avalanche jerseys behind you, though. Oh, I thought you'd uh, I thought you'd be a huge fan of both. I also thought you'd you'd like I, I'm going the wrong way, but I thought you'd love the Stanley Cup banner back there. Um, and for those of you who, uh, who who have included, in, I am back home, so I'm back at, back in the home base. I'm comfortable. I'm out of recording in a closet, so <laughs> basically content can only go up from my end. Um, the other two boys have been absolutely slaying it this preseason, but uh, you know now I'm not uh, fighting for air, fighting for you know any any type of just nothing it, just being in a closet was tough but uh but we're back we got our the show. Up and we are jacked up um let's close out the positionals but uh before we do how is d doing over there doing good man happy uh to have some playoff baseball to watch tomorrow yes um i know you guys are tiger fans but let me just remind you that's after the regular season ends <laughs> if your team's good enough you make this thing called the postseason and then you try to make it to the world series so uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, Jays were the only one of my teams that played a sporting event last week. Certainly didn't have an NFL team <clears throat> playing any games or, or anything like that. So uh, life's good. Yeah, can't complain, man. 
As Beeb alluded to, we'll be talking about the goalies on today's episode. I'll let D slip by there. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the goalies. It's the last of our positional preview episodes. As we've said time and time again, these are our favorite episodes to do each and every year. And again, if this is the first time you've tuned in, you're trying to grind for your draft this weekend and just found this podcast, we've previewed the center, left wing, right wing, and defense already. We've got, I don't know, probably upwards of five hours of fantasy hockey content already. Uh, so check us out. If this is the first one, if you if you got a draft this weekend, you've got a lot of time in your car this week to uh, to play all five episodes and get as ready as you can for this weekend. Because uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, this you know the last weekend before the regular season is always the biggest uh, in terms of draft. It's always the biggest in terms of DFO uh, website traffic. So just an outstanding week all around. So. Uh, happy to kick this fun week off with our final positional preview episode. Uh, again, if it's the first time you're here, we go through our top 10 consensus goalies. Um, we each ranked all of our goalies. We picked the top 10 um, based on our three averages. And then from there, we talk about sleepers, busts, and breakouts at the position as well. So we will go 10 through 1 to kick things off with Tristan Jari. Uh, I have him at 10. Biebs also has him at 10. Dylan a little bit lower at 11. Overall, he's our consensus number 10 goalie, but he is the uh, 17th goalie being drafted right now, ADP of 97.7. So we're certainly a lot higher on Tristan Jari than the general public, uh, the ADP would suggest. But I mean, for Jari, it looked like the Penguins were going to move on from him in the offseason, but ended up bringing him back and then ended up moving on from Casey DeSmith instead, who went to Montreal originally. Now he's in Vancouver. And Jari was kind of just his decent self in 2023, uh, went 24-13-7, posted 290 goals against average 909 save percentage. Uh, he's kind of been inconsistent from year to year, but has showcased the high-end ability. Uh, 2021, he had a 921 save percentage. 2022, uh, he had a 919 save percentage. So if we're going off trends here, it's kind of every other year he puts things together. So uh, to me, there is mid-round fantasy value for him to be a potential discounted number one goalie. Uh, as I mentioned, the number 17 goalie off the boards at the moment. And then just kind of on top of, of Tristan Jari is all the things the Penguins did this offseason, right? Brought in some pretty nice pieces. Eric Carlson, Ryan Graves should really help on the back end. Uh, Riley Smith, Larzello should should bolster the group up front. It sounds like Jake Gensel isn't going to miss as much time as originally feared. Might only miss the first few games, which is great. Uh, so this team to me is going to be back in the playoff mix in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and, and throughout this show, I'm going to reference what Betway's odds are in terms of the uh, implied point totals for every team, just to give you an idea of how the sports books value these teams. The Penguins currently the 13th best team in the NHL in terms of a implied point total for the season. Um, and then as for Jari, just one last point. Over the last uh, three years, he's averaged 54 starts per 82 games. So uh, definitely a guy that uh, can give you a lot of games, especially now that Casey DeSmith isn't there, right? They shared it quite a bit before. Uh, Alex Nadelkovich, pretty capable backup in his own right. Uh, but I do think that Jari's a guy that's probably going to start 50-plus on a pretty solid team. D, you've been the one guy that we've talked to a lot in the past about uh, the Penguins' goaltending situation. You've always been uh, a little bit higher on Jari, a little bit higher on Smith than, than Biebs and I. Uh, how do you see Jari's 2024 season shaking out? Yeah, I'm right in line with you. Um, to me, he just missed out on my top 10, but I'm still way or well above uh, consensus ADP on him. I think I have him um, in the 11th spot. Yeah, I haven't ranked 11th, but um, yeah, I just think he's in a really great spot this year. I mean, you mentioned it, Betway has them at minus 200 just to make the postseason. So um, should be a, a team that's going to be 
um, a regular provider of, of goal support and, and wins for Yari. And obviously with the Smith gone too, you feel that much better um, about him having just a really firm grasp on that job. There's just really not a lot of competition there behind him, um, even with his numbers faltering a little bit. But to your point, Brock, still above average in a save percentage last year as well. Um, and I think if he can split the middle and give us somewhere around that 914 save percentage, he'll, then he'll easily uh, be delivering home on this value. So that's why I like him. And um, I mean, for me, fantasy hockey goaltenders, the criteria I, I come, it comes down to three main points um, and individual talent and performance to me is actually the, the least important of those three. I, I look at opportunity, what we believe the share of the workload that they're going to get. How often are they actually going to be starting games? Are they a number one? Are they a one A? Are they going to be you know, seen a, a little bit less than your average starter? Are they more of a backup? Are they a 1B? Or are they a, a true workhorse? To me, Yari looks to be uh, a workhorse, so he definitely checks that box. After that, for me, again, the supporting cast, how good is the team that they play for? What can we expect in terms of wins, goals against, and shutouts? Those are all team stats. Obviously, the goalie impacts them more than anybody, but over the course of 82 games, uh, you're not going to be able to rack up a, a lot of uh, wins or have a formidable goals against as a fantasy netminder or shutouts for that matter if you're not playing for a good hockey team and the penguins certainly look to be an above average hockey team i don't think they're the best team that we'll talk about today so uh in terms of comparing him to the you know the rest of the top 10 fantasy netminders maybe his uh the one knack that you can put on yari is the penguins aren't quite on that level but again a team that we expect to easily walk into the postseason just to, although they might not you know win the division i think they're plus 750 on Betway to, to win the Metro, the fourth best odds right now. So um, yeah, save percentage is the only stat that is typically used in fantasy that's most closely tied to a goalie's individual performance. Uh, and we know that even save percentage can benefit from a team that focuses on limiting shot quality over quantity and really cutting down on the high danger chances. And to your point, Brock, that's an area that we expect uh, the Penguins to be improving in last year they're uh, middle of the pack with about 12 high danger chances against per 60 at 5v5 last season so all in all uh again the track and then finally sorry we get to the track record the individual performance it's been solid in years past so uh yeah you feel really good about him being able to take advantage of what looks to be a, a really strong uh, and fantasy friendly situation uh in pittsburgh so i, I think he's right on the cusp uh, of that top 10 and, and a firm number one fantasy netminder headed into the season yeah, at this point for me, I mean, you you absolutely nailed it. Um, like like we're we're picking just the difference is it's personal preference really from ten and eleven. We're looking at still workhorses that you want, but it's just a matter of the team in front. And um, Pittsburgh last year they were fourteenth worst in the league for goals against. That's something that obviously Carlson coming in could help uh, not necessarily known as a defensive stud, but it does allow um, different pieces to to move and stay in the lineup, and it just helps having Eric Carlson. Um, so if they can improve that just a little bit. And I mean, Yari, like you mentioned down here. So if he can improve it just a bit, it should help him out. You guys glazed over it in the last two years. He's 10th in games played as well as 10th in wins across the NHL. So that's why he's 10th in this spot for me. Um, I think he's just the, the best of the average team workhorses. So that's why I got him there. Yeah, he, I find myself again, I've been writing the perfect draft from several different draft slots, and I'm going to be continuing that throughout this week. And Jari is one of kind of my favorite targets in those middle mm -hmm. rounds. Uh, like I said, ADP of 97.7. Uh, so he's a guy that's, you know, falling just into the ninth round, late eighth, early ninth. And to me, um, if you that's a great elect, second goalie. Yeah. Even if it's your first, like if you really load up early, like I'm not totally terrified of, of starting my draft with Jar with Yari and and trying to, you know, piece together the goalies in the later rounds, because I do think that there's some pretty decent value later. Um, if he again, to your point, if he ends up being your second goalie, I do like that as well. Like there's there's two ways of going about it. 
And uh, the way we look at it, we're all you know in agreement here that he's in the top 10 or at least close to it. So uh, much higher than his ADP of 17th. Number nine on the list is Elias Samsonov. Uh, I'm the lowest on him at 12. You guys both have him at nine. I'm right in line with the uh, general public in terms of his ADP. Uh, it's currently 78.9, which makes him the 12th uh, goalie off the board. But we've got him at nine. Samsonov, obviously, Maple Leafs are, are an outstanding team. They have the fifth highest implied point total in the NHL, uh, according to Betway. So their goalie will be coveted. Uh, the problem here is, is that there is likely going to be a timeshare in Toronto. Samsonov was excellent last year, 233 goals against average, 919 save percentage and 40 starts. But Joseph Wall, uh, towards the end of the season when he got his chance, he was equally as impressive uh, during his late season stint. So, you know, to me, Samsonov certainly enters the season as the Maple Leafs, you know, one in, in whether it's a 1A, 1B type thing. Uh, he, he, to me, is still their 1A. And at the very least, this is going to be, or like at the very worst, I should say, this is probably going to be a 50-50 split. But I do still think that uh, Samsonov is a guy that can have uh, plenty of value this season. The issue, I guess, is just that he's never really started, you know, 50 games. Uh, last year was was a career high. Uh, 40 starts. So to me, I, I don't know if he's going to get to like 50 starts and be a true like workhorse number one goalie. And that's the only reason that I've got him like a little bit lower. But at the same time, as you mentioned, the team quality is extremely important. And Samsonov has that uh, to back him up. And that's why to me, he's still a number one fantasy goalie, even though he might not be a guy that's going to start 55 games. He can still win close to 35, 40 games this season. But do your resident Leafs fans, how do you, or Leaf fan here, how do you think this shakes out? Uh, I, I think it'll be uh, just a little bit higher, but I, I do agree that it's not going to be, you know, that quite true uh, workhorse status. Uh, I think it'll probably be capped around 50, maybe 55 starts. Um, to your point, I do think that's the limit to his upside. But um, again, he was limited in his usage last year, but that was by injury, right? That wasn't by design. They weren't um, forcing him to, to sit. They weren't rolling in another goaltender, even at times when Wall was looking pretty good, it was always just to spell Samsonov during injury. And he was still able to make 40 starts regardless. So I think a healthy Samsonov is looking at 50 starts easy this season. I think they really look um, to ease Joseph Wall into it. I, I do think Wall will get a serious audition because Samsonov is going to be a UFA come the end of the season. And there's going to be another decision to be made there. And certainly uh, I think if at that point they think they can move to Wall confidently and not see much of a downgrade at the position, they will because it'll save them a lot of cap room. So yeah, I think he'll get a serious audition. But Samsonov to me is the clear number one here on uh, what, as you said, it Brock, a top five team in the NHL. So even if he's limited to maybe, uh, and again, I think it'll be less than five starts, less than Yari. I think he'll be that close to him. I, I think the quality of starts that you're going to get and the splits you're going to get out of Samsonov, not just the save percentage, uh, but the goals against average with the uh, amount of shots the Leafs are able to limit at five v five. Uh, going to be a big asset as well. So for me, just has that much more upside than the guys I have ranked behind him. Um, and I do think he'll be uh, closer to, you know, I don't think he will be a workhorse, but I think he's closer to that level than the typical kind of 1A sort of timeshare situation that uh, some people are afraid of. Yeah, I think even with, you know, this potential of timeshare being out there, um, the fact that we both had him at nine just says how much how much value he actually has when he does start. Um, D mentioned it, you know, he's, he's, they're going to push for, for 50 or so. I feel like this year, you got to see what you can get out of him too. see if he can, if his body can do those, those 50 games. Um, and honestly, even if I do get 42 games, like he gave me last year and he gives me a nine twenty, he gives me 27 to 30 wins. I'm kind of okay with that as my, uh, as my ninth goalie off the board, that's all right. And I think that's his floor going into next year. 
Um, this is a team where obviously we've seen what's happened in the playoffs. They want to establish their goaltending this year. And, and I think, like you said, Wolves the future. But um, if they want to win this year, I think they they know that that goes through Samsonov. So at this point, even I had him actually earlier until I kind of looked at my final 10 um, and kind of thought about the timeshare there. But it kind of reminds me a bit of Boston last year. We saw top 10 value out of both Allmark and Swayman. Um, obviously, we don't see that coming back this year. But if there is a team that can kind of have splits, um, this looks like it could be the Allmark. I'm not expecting a 940 from him. But I like Samsonov a lot here. And uh, and and like we've said, and we're going to say over and over again, it's all about who's in front of you. And uh, that Leafs lineup is is absolutely lethal. Yeah, and if you look at like his win percentage from a season ago, right, winning 67, 68% of his games, he really only has to start 50, 51, 52 uh, games this season to be a 35-win goaltender and kind of be in that conversation for uh, the, the high-end number one fantasy goalie. Yeah. So, That's uh, top five it, win last season, so if you get exactly. to 35. Exactly. So. So if, yeah. if, if he, he may only need to start 51 games um, and it, like to your point, he, it doesn't have to be too much greater than that for him to be really, really impactful uh, this season. Number eight is Philip Gustafson for us from the Minnesota wild. Uh, me and Biebs both have him at eight D a little bit higher at seven. Uh, overall, he is the 66.6 ADP, which is the 10th goalie off the board. So once again, a little bit higher here on Philip Gustafson. Uh, he was a friend of the show last year. It uh, makes our top 10 this year after going 22, 9, and 7 with a 210 goals against average and a 931 save percentage and 37 starts last year. Uh, I'm probably going to split time with Marc-Andre Fleury again this season, but to me, he's still going to be a guy that's going to see the bulk of the starts for Minnesota. We really saw him kind of take over that crease in the second half of last year after splitting uh, the majority of the first half. Uh, and, and the Wild, just a very, very good defensive club. They have been for years, top 10 defensive uh, team last year in terms of expected goals against metrics. Uh, so to me, He's a guy that's going to be putting up uh, pretty strong splits on a nightly basis. I don't think the Wild are necessarily a team that's going to be an absolute juggernaut and win, uh, you know, their division or anything like that. But they're they're still a pretty quality hockey club, according to Betway, uh, top twelve overall in the NHL this season. So certainly a team that's expected to win quite a few hockey games. Uh, and Philip Gustafson, like I said, two ten goals against average, the nine thirty one save percentage is really really good. Uh, Beebs. As an Avalanche fan, you saw a lot of the Minnesota Wild. You saw a lot of uh, Philip Gustafson last year. You got him with me at eight. What do you like about Gustafson? Uh, for me, it was th- this was one that was a toss-up with Samsonov. I see them getting close to the same amount of starts. Maybe Gustafson, kind of what took it is I could see him pushing the 55 start, just that range. If, say, Minnesota is in a playoff battle down the stretch, I could see Toronto locking up a spot a lot earlier than, than Minnesota. So that's one thing where I did kind of like Gustafson there. Obviously, these are all hypotheticals. Um, but he really helped his case last year by playing absolutely exceptional in the playoffs. Obviously, Minnesota did not make it through. Um, that first round, but he still posted a 921. And uh, and when you do that, you you give a lot of confidence to the team in front of you. And I think that's really what will help him this year. If he even posts a 922, which would be nine nine or 0.09 save percentage points from last year, I'm completely content with that. He's still giving you top 10 save percentage um, numbers. And then even if his, his goals against average goes up to a 2.3 or anything like that, exceptionally worse than last year. But I think you're still getting incredible value at this point. It's a guy we saw break out. And I think we're taking the chance here on just him taking even the next step forward. Last year was sensational. I don't see him really ever posting a 931 again even though he did it in nine games with ottawa two years ago um but i do see him as a steady 925 around 930 guy and if he gives you that i think it's incredible value if he can run away with this role 
which uh, I see him a little bit more likely than, than some of the guys behind him. I think that's where he gains his true value. So um, similar floor to some of the other guys around him. But, uh, but yeah, I think we, we watched a breakout happen last year. We watched one of the biggest robberies in a one-for-one deal ever um, with Minnesota and Ottawa. And, uh, and here we are. Yeah, just a couple of things to add. I, I do have him just hit ranked one spot above you guys and a um, couple of reasons. One, he just, to your point, Brock, really did run away with that number one job and you got to expect with Flurry um, another year older that that's just going to continue um, and, you know, not not just replicate what we saw in the second half of last season, but I would expect it to actually um, be even worse and even more so in Gustafson favor in, in terms of the workload. But over the last two months of the season, he started 59% of their games that put him on pace for 49 starts over a full 82 games. So I think that's his floor in terms of his workload. And like I said, I do expect that to climb up uh, the Wilds, you know, might not be the best team in the league, but they are a very good defensive team. They were second in high danger chances against per 60 last season. Uh, I believe they're fifth in scoring chances against and actually middle of the pack in shots against, which is kind of a good thing. It's, it's really, uh, you know, the perfect recipe in, in terms of um, a fantasy net miner, one that plays for a team that does a great job of limiting high danger chances, but maybe doesn't own a ton of the puck. So they have to focus a lot more on just limiting teams to the outside. It makes for some nice stat padding um, and it should continue to be the case for Gustafson this year. I think he could get some more goal support too. Kaprizov missed 15 games last season. That's an easy fix right there if he can stay healthy. And uh, of course, you know, they got some young pieces in that top six, Matt Boldy in particular, that we expect to take a step forward. So I think the goal support's better. It's a very good defensive hockey team. Uh, looks to be uh, a very good and, and talented goaltender at, that he's flashed in any opportunity that he's gotten. And certainly um, in terms of his individual performance was one of the best goalies in the league last season, um, just straight up. So a uh, lot of things to like there. And I, I think Minnesota system is a big part of that. Um, so yeah, that's why I have him ranked as high as I do. Yeah. And you like last week's kind of helped that as well with Minnesota locking up some, some, some pretty key pieces in Zuccarello. We saw Felino get picked up. That's an excellent two, a four. We're now just waiting on uh, the final domino there um, with uh, names not coming to me here, but uh, um, it's uh, they have everybody off. signed right now. They have everybody yeah. signed at the moment, but they've, uh, okay. they've, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Hartman. Sorry. I thought Hartman still needed one. Uh, he's, well, he's got he's one year left at one point. Yeah. Mil, so they're relooking so. at him, but with that, those are key pieces that only help fuel kind of what D said about, you know, the team around him. And, uh, and I think that cap playing a full 82 is absolutely key. Sorry. Go ahead there, Brock. No, I just would say, like D said, you love to absolutely see that a team is like middle of the pack in terms of shot uh, volume against, but then, towards the top of the NHL and high danger chances against, because those are the type of situations that that's going to inflate that uh, save percentage throughout the season. And if you're, you know, a lot of what we do here is talk about category leagues in terms of, of trying to post a strong, strong splits and get a, a low goals against average and a high save percentage. But there's a lot of leagues out there that are points leagues that account for hits and stuff or excuse me, saves as well. Um, so in those leagues, he, he's a little bit more valuable because he is still going to see a decent amount of shot volume, but it's certainly not going to be of the high quality uh, variety. So, um, if you're in a points league or a categories league, I do like Philip Gustafson again this year. Number seven is Linus Allmark. Allmark was absolutely dominant last year, finishing in a tie uh, for the NHL lead with 40 wins while posting an absurd 189 goals against average and a 938 save percentage in 48 games. The issues for him in 2024 are the following Bruins got worse in the offseason, he's still going to split time with Jeremy Swayman. And we already saw regression take hold when the Bruins were bounced by the Panthers in the first round of the playoffs last year. So it just seems highly improbable that he comes anywhere close to the numbers that we saw him post last season. Uh, the Bruins, you know, even though they lost Preachy and Bergeron, 
the the sports books still like him. The uh, like them, excuse me. Betway currently has them at the ninth highest implied total uh, on the season at one hundred and one point or one hundred point five points. Just a, you know, a casual thirty four and a half point drop off uh, from last season. But uh, D, you were the one that really said you you didn't like the uh, the Bruins heading in the in the playoffs. Uh, you thought it was a bit of a fugazi. You picked uh, the Panthers to win. That ended up happening. So uh, you've been right about Linus Hallmark to this point. I guess I should tell you guys where we all have him ranked. That would probably be largely helpful. I have him at seven. Biebs has him at seven. D has him at eight. Overall, he is the number seven goalie for us, but the number six off the board, ADP of 30.9. As I mentioned before I get to you for a second here, D, uh, in my perfect drafts and and all that, I have not selected Linus Hallmark to date. Uh, I think he's going to be a very difficult goalie for me to get to in any drafts. Um, And based on our ADPs or or rankings, it looks like he's going to be difficult for all of us to get to. But uh, D, continue to be right about Linus Hallmark. Oh, I appreciate that, Brock. But um, no, yeah, there, there's certainly some red flags. You, you touched on it. There's just so much turnover in that roster this season. It's got me really concerned. He only started 48 games last season. He won 40 of them, which is absolutely absurd. He's going to need to start a lot more than that if he's going to be anywhere near that 35 to 40 win range this season. So yeah, there's just some obvious regression coming here. He's not going to be able to post uh, a 939 or whatever it was that he posted last season, 938, excuse me, that goals against average is going to go up, but it's still a very good blue line, um, which I think is going to obviously play into his favor. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, man. It's, it's kind of, we're just going to have to wait and see in terms of what the puck possession is going to look like when you lose your number one and your number two centers um, and really don't do a whole lot in terms of replacing them. So yeah, there's some real concerns here. I tried to move him down as far as I could, but you just cannot disrespect his individual play last year. Um, certainly I think was the, the main reason for the smoke screen around the Bruins last year and how they were able to pick up so many wins in the regular season and just why they were so dominant. The blue line was great. Uh, but that guy stopping 94% of the shots he faced, it's going to go a long way, uh, regardless of who's playing in front of you. So uh, yeah, I think his individual performance last year, you can't discount it too much, but at the same point, all those red flags you mentioned, and particularly Swayman, I just don't see how Allmark's workload goes up this year outside of a Swayman injury. And that on top of the fact that we expect the team to take a step back has, you know, Allmark in my mind taking a pretty sizable step back in fantasy. But having said that, you know, still a, uh, a high end starter, like the, the eighth highest I have overall. But yeah, I, I do not think I'll be a player for him uh, at his ADP. To give you an idea of what it could look like uh, without Patrice Bergeron, uh, he had a 13% higher expected goals for percentage relative to his teammates uh, a season ago. So that was a team that was pretty dominant, but exceptionally dominant uh, when Patrice Bergeron was on the ice. You take him out of the equation and things are probably going to get uh, a lot more difficult for them this year. But uh, Beavis, what do you think about Linus? Yeah, I don't think us putting him at seven. D put it perfect. It was just like a matter of how far can you drop the previous Vesna winner down, especially after he drops a all-time record save percentage and goals against average. Um, but the, 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 the true thing that put him at seventh here for me was we just have six full-time starters in net in front of them who are just better goalies as a whole. And that's kind of, we're seeing a tier switch here. And that's just, Allmark starts the, granted, we're throwing him a ton of respect, but like you said, it's all about the starts. And and when you can't guarantee us, you know, the higher end starts, we just can't guarantee you a higher end ranking on our goalie, um, our goalie rankings. And I, I also don't think I'm going to have any, any stocks in him. I've done two drafts already and I've watched him just fly by while I laugh and then go pick up some of the names later here. And I, I, I grab a hundred point players around the same mark where I'm getting all mark. 
Um, so yeah, you know what? It's uh, I think it's it, it, it's a testament to how good he could be that we have him at seven when he realistically could could have a more likely fifty percent um, net share than most of these other guys behind him. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I just like guys who start a lot of games, so that's why I have six other names in front of him, and uh, I think it's clearly clearly clear why we have them there yeah yeah i think that there's a pretty good arguments we have that at the 30.9 adp that linus Omar uh is a pretty good bus candidate but you bring up a good point here beebs in terms of the tiers um i think you know in terms of our top 10 tristan jari's probably in a tier of his own uh probably with the guys that we have ranked just below him just for uh full disclosure here 11 was sergey bobrovsky 12 Stuart skinner 13 frederick anderson 14 Thatcher Demko. Uh, I think that you could probably lump those five together, right? Solid goalies, pretty good track records on good hockey teams, uh, but not quite the elite teams, not quite the elite goalies. Um, and then follow that up by with, with the next tier, led by Linus Allmark with Gustafson, Samsonov. I mean, really good goalies uh, on really good hockey clubs, but guys that are going to be splitting time. And then you get into this top six uh, where things, you know, you can, you're going to be able to develop um, – a couple more tiers out of this, but these are like the elite of the elite. Uh, and, and certainly those, the, the first four guys we've talked about so far, aren't quite on that same level. Number six is UC Soros. Not really that surprising that I'm the highest on them. I I'm, I've been higher than the industry. Uh, basically the entire time uh, I've been doing this and UC Soros has been in the NHL. I've got him at five. You guys both got him at six. ADP is uh 50.5. So he's the eighth goalie off the board. So we're higher. Uh, than the general public on UC Saros. Again, not not uh, atypical for us. And uh, he's certainly one of those goalies. Like I said, I, I've had myself uh, a hard time, you know, finding myself picking Allmark, but UC Saros is a guy that I seem to land on in those kind of early to middle rounds uh, quite free, quite frequently, excuse me. Uh, Saros was tied for the NHL lead in games played last year, second year in a row. He's had that honor. Uh, he's a full-blown workhorse on a middling team that, uh, will limit his win equity overall, but the only reason he's not a top five goalie on this list is probably because, uh, you know, he's still going to post a 920 save percentage. Uh, he has over the last three seasons. That's elite. The top five splits pretty much every year, but the win totals is really the only issue here. The Predators aren't a bad team. Uh, we talked about them quite a bit here uh, throughout the preseason, thinking that we're a little bit higher, I think, than the general uh, consensus is, but still, in terms of the Betway, uh, rankings in terms of their projected point total, they're down at 22. So this is the 22nd best hockey team sandwich between the Vancouver Canucks and the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, not expecting a whole lot, but at the end of the day, this is UC Saros' team. The dude is going to start 60 plus games. He's going to be a workhorse. And that alone is going to get him to 30 wins. Like he, uh, you know, has shown to do in the past, but uh, Beebs, what do you like about UC Saros here? Yeah, if we're going to preach, it's it's all about the team in front of you. Um, I think even him just being, you know, five or six in our rankings is is a huge testament to how good UC Saros is because we are technically guessing that they're not going to make the playoffs. And so is uh, so are the sports books if they have him at 22. Um, I think you know what you're getting with Saros at this point in his career. He had a 919 save percentage and across eight years in the NHL, he had an he's had a 919 save percentage. Um, he gave you 33 wins you likely get 35 to 30 wins. You're going to get those 60 plus starts. Like you said, you're going to get a 2.6 around their area, or maybe if he can improve that a little bit better goals against average. So with him, it's all, it's all about the team in front of him. He is a sensational goalie. He's fun to watch, but at the end of the day, when you're getting peppered and when your second line center is Tommy Novak, no offense to him. It's just, I don't expect them to be locking down guys like, like these other t- four 
goalies that we're going to talk about and they're, you know, top nine, even um, it's just, it, it's all about the team in front of them, unfortunately, but yeah, Saros, you know what you're going to get. If you end up with them on draft day as the eighth goalie off the board, you are laughing. So um, I would, I would love to get stocks in him. And I think there's a lot of disrespect like there is every year because he plays for Nashville. But, uh, but if you could get, you know, 35 and a nine twenty, you're going to, you're going to run away laughing with that. If you look to though, like, I mean, yeah, they're not, great on paper yeah. but if you look are they that much worse than they have been in recent years no and like over the last three years even if you start 60 games as opposed to like 63 or 67 like we've seen the last two like even if he starts 60 with his win percentage in the last three seasons he's still going to get to 33 34 wins so yeah like i i don't think they're great but they're not much worse than they have been and he's been able to get to the you know near the top of the nhl and wins for the last few seasons with elite splits. So I don't think he's going anywhere in terms of the top five fantasy goalies. D, what do you have to say about UC Saros? Yeah, I think it's more that that division has gotten a lot better around them in the last few seasons and they've kind of more or less stayed stagnant. But um, no, I, I think he, to your guys' point, just uh, is a good example of just how hard it is to overcome not having an elite team uh, in front of you when it comes to being, you know, uh, a borderline top five fantasy hockey goalie. Because to my money, this is, He's been the best goalie in the league for the last five or six years now. Um, and the, you know, really the only knock on him, uh, you know, prior to a couple seasons ago was, you know, he's only ever done it in a timeshare with Pekka Rene. Can he really do it as a full fledged number one? And all he's done since then is led the league in appearances over the last two seasons uh, and basically mimicking that career save percentage of 919. So, yeah, I think he as an individual player is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think I agree with you. I think there'll be a middle of the pack team. Um, probably around 500 when the season is all said and done, but they should be slightly above 500 in the game that UC Saro starts. And he's yeah, going to play just so many damn games um, that he's going to give you a really nice uh, base for your save percentage every single week. Um, and yeah, should still be giving you somewhere between two to uh, yeah, about two wins a week. So it's going to be super valuable. Um, and I agree. I think, you know, the ADP has just slid too far the other way here with Saros. Uh, and I'm, I'm big in on him this year. Um, I just, you can't really put a price on 65 starts. There's only going to be maybe two or three goalies in the league that come close to that. Uh, and when you add in the fact that he's going to be, you know, top five and save percentage by year end too, uh, there's a whole lot to love, even if the wins are going to be slightly lacking. And let's be honest, that's the only thing keeping him out of any of our top fives. Yeah. He's especially valuable in points leagues. Like you said, leading the league in, in games played the last two years in points leagues, you are laughing with that. So kind of use this knowledge as a, as a little bit of an upper hand if you're if you're deciding to go with your or uh, with Saros here so um yeah I think we can all say we are much higher than him on him than the general public yeah if you look at that in terms of point leagues uh last year the national predators gave the uh six most shots against in the NHL on a per game basis so certainly uh UC Saros is going to see a lot of rubber uh, last year led the NHL in shots against 2,099. Also led the NHL in saves with 1,928. <laughs> that is a lot of rubber. Uh, as we get into our top five here, you are going to notice a glaring omission, and that is no Andre Vasilevsky. If you are not aware or did not know prior to this, Vasilevsky underwent back surgery uh, last week and is expected to be out for eight to 10 weeks. So um, not great. He had to be drastically downgraded in the rankings. Um, he's probably going to miss a quarter of the season. And this goes from a guy that was going to start 60 games to a guy uh, that might be lucky to start 40. Um, 
Hey, props to be- the Lightning, though, for letting us know before our fantasy drafts. Because uh, we found out, what, late last week? And yeah, uh, this last week, past weekend was a huge draft weekend. And obviously, this weekend coming up is massive. So, so the Lightning, thank you from us fantasy fans. Because a lot of people have been screwed out of one of their early draft picks here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people still were. Uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me like, great, I just picked them. I'm like, well, that's a bummer. But um, that's why you try to draft as close to the start of the season as possible. I'm just trying to pull up my my projections here. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of like the amount of games he's expected to miss, so long as you know the time sta- ta- timetable stays true, uh, I have him now projected for 38 starts. So that's a massive, massive hit from what you would normally get. Um, to me... He still feels like a solid number two fantasy goalie that you can pick up. And if you can just get by uh, with him on your IR, once he gets back, you've obviously got a a superstar. So it's going to be a real juggling act now moving forward, how you approach picking picking Vasilevsky, because obviously once he comes back, um, he's going to be terrific. But he would have certainly been in our top five, and you will notice that he is not. Uh, really quickly, I just want to know where would have you guys had him ranked if Vasilevsky had not been hurt? He would have been uh, number two overall for me. Beebs, what about you? Um, I would have had him at number four for me. Um, he would have just been ahead of Sorokin, which I'm going to give away part of my rankings here, but I would have had him at number four there. Yeah. And D, what about you? Uh, the same. I'd have to look at it a bit more and, and put my imagination hat on, but either third or fourth, I would say. Yeah, okay, the well, whole like leading the league in wins for six straight seasons before last year, I, I can't disrespect that. So that's why I had to put him up there at four. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of the sports books have yet to even release uh, odds on just how good they think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be. Uh, Betway has them staying afloat, 14th best team overall. Uh, they currently just have good friend Jonas Johansson on the roster. You have to imagine the Lightning are going to be making some moves here over the next week, uh, whether it's bringing back former uh, goalie Brian Elliott. Uh, Yaroslav Halak is still out there. There's there's a lot of teams that have three goalies that they don't really know what they're going to do with at this point in time. Buffalo is one of the teams that comes to mind with Eric Comrie, uh, also Ukapeka Lukanen. The Red Wings have uh, James Reimer and Alex Lyon. So a lot of options here for the Lightning. But without further ado, let's get back into our I, top I, can five I, Can here. we just say, I think we should talk about Johansson and his actual value just before we scooch on. I, I um I think he is definitely worth taking. Like he, I've been getting him in the bottom round of, of drafts over the last few weeks. And I don't think whoever they bring in is going to be any better than Jonas Johansson. They obviously knew this was a possibility when they opted to sign Johansson as the backup goaltender um, and even admitted it so that they were taking a bit of a risk uh, in doing so. But, you know, that was the plan at the time. Uh, Bass obviously had health concerns even then. Um, so, yeah, anyone that they bring in, I think, is just going to be to have a more experienced backup to play behind Johansson in the meantime, or at the very least, or at, you know, worst case scenario in terms of how Johansson's concerned, um, kind of end up in a bit of a timeshare, at least to start. Obviously, Johansson's individual play is going to be the biggest determining factor on in, in how they uh, go from there. But I do think to start the season, he is going to be atop that depth chart. Um, was very good in the three games he played last season in the NHL, was very bad in any appearance he had before that. But I think it's worth noting that he had by far his best career to date or career season to date um, in the AHL last year. I think he was above a 920 save percentage there. So played was fifth really, in the really whole well. AHL with that 920, by the way. Pardon? Fifth best uh, save percentage in the whole AHL with that 920. Yeah, they played really well last year. He's huge. I think he's like six foot six or six yep. foot five. 
Um, so yeah, you know, the, it certainly does not have the track record. Um, but I think most people just remember the tire fire, tire fire that he was for the avalanche two seasons ago when they had to, uh, call him up in a, in a pinch and he got absolutely shelled by the Leafs. And I think that's kind of stained him, uh, just a a wee bit. So yeah, it's, it's obviously far from a sure thing, but, uh, looked good last year. And I do think he's going to be at the top of that depth chart at the start of the season. So someone that you should look to add to your roster at the, at the bottom of your draft, because it's really taking no investment at all at this point. Definitely doesn't have a, the best track record or in terms of just people just think he's terrible, um, which is why he's going to drop like a rock on draft day and you are going to be able to get him. I do think he is worth a flyer with your last pick and just to see what happens at worst, you drop him if he gets lit up in the first couple games. But I do think he's worth a shot. I mean, at the end of the day, he is huge. He was a former third round pick. Again, the track record is quite ugly, but as of right now, he's the number one. He, he is the guy, the only one that's left there. Um, yeah, if you can get, you know, say you do draft Vass and then you're stashing him and, and you have uh, JJ going, that literally, you could, like you said, they're still protected for the 14th most wins or the 14th most points in the NHL. If you're getting that value out of your two starters, you're going to drop Johansson anyways once Vasilevsky gets back. That's a pretty dirty strategy. Yeah, you just got to hope that he doesn't completely implode, right? But um, like you said, D, obviously the Lightning have a pretty good track record, uh, better than Johansson. So, they, they, they know what they're doing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of plays out. But yeah, it, I would like right now, I would take a flyer on them. If they bring in somebody else uh, or make a big trade acquisition in the next couple of days, then, you know, things can change pretty quickly. Yeah, but again, they just don't last, have, they don't have room game. to bring in a, a starting caliber goalie, right? That's why they signed no. Johansson to the backup. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, there's just no cast space to go around. They're not gonna be able to LTIR their way out of this one. Cause Vass is going to have to come back at some point in the regular season. Uh, so yeah, I just think that whoever they bring in uh, it's going to be to compliment Johansson at least to start. So at that point, yeah, I'm happy to take the flyer on him, see how he does for the first few weeks. Cause you know, if I wasn't drafting him, I would for sure be picking up Tampa starter to stream in that first week. So might as well get out ahead of it right now with how it stands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but all right, let's move on. Let's motor through our top five here. Coming in at number five is Connor Hellebuck. I've got him at four. You guys both have him at five, uh, which makes him our number five goalie. But ADP, he's going 31.6, currently the seventh goalie off the board. Uh, Hellebuck was in a tie for the NHL lead in games played last year for the third time in four seasons, winning 37 games with a 2.49 goals against average and a 920 save percentage to go along with four shutouts. Uh, the Jets are, are basically an average team, but Hellebuck gives them a chance to win on a nightly basis. Uh, he should get to 30 wins, similar to like UC Saros, just on volume alone. Um, he's as consistent as they come. And to me, he he's one of my favorites to target as well, because while we kind of know what the Predators are, um, I, I think the Jets could be a little bit surprising this year, right? Kyle Connor bounces back. If Gabe Velarde is a, you know, a, a stud, if, if Nick Ehlers is healthy, um, you know, Cole Perfetti coming up, there, I think that this team's got a little bit of a chance to, to be better than people think. Uh, according to the sports books, they have the 20th highest projected points this season, but Everybody loves the Ottawa Senators. They have the same projected points as the Ottawa Senators. So I think that this team could make uh, a bit of a splash, be a little bit surprising. Um, and that makes Hellebuck a, a really interesting pick uh, and could be a potential steal on draft day. But D, uh, what do you think here about Connor Hellebuck? Very similar to Saros. I, I think, again, you know, as far as individual performance and talent level is concerned, one of the best goalies in the NHL. Um, and, you know, you'll have a hard time finding a more reliable starter than Co- Connor Hellebuck uh led the nhl and starts in three of the past four seasons he's just when we say workhorse he is the definition of the term 
Uh, and I just like their outlook slightly more than the Predators this year. So really, that's what it came down to for me. Um, I think, uh, as you pointed out, the sports books are in slight agreement with us, with them being, would you say, 20th in points shared, Nashville is 22. Um, and I just think the goal support and it will be that much better, too, which is going to help him just rack up a few more Ws. So, um, yeah, I like him just a little bit more than Saros. I think a lot of what we said about Saros, you can rinse and repeat here, but I just like the Jets a little bit more. That's why he got the nudge over Saros to me. But uh, they're both ideal starting fantasy net miners. You love getting a guy that you know is going to be starting three of every four games. Uh, you can just really rely on and build a, a weekly game plan out of that every single week. Uh, and you got to like the ADP you get with Soros a little bit more. But if we're talking in a vacuum, uh, Hellebuck for me is a very slight edge. Moving on to number four, we've got Alexander Gorgiev. Uh, I've got him at six. Beebs, you're the highest on him at two. Do you've got him at three. ADP is currently the fifth goalie off the board at 26.8. So we're a little bit higher than the general public uh, on Gorgiev. And yeah, just absolutely outstanding last year. Led the NHL in wins, posting uh, 40 wins with a 253 goals against average and 918 save percentage in the process. Uh, it was an absolutely outstanding first season uh, in Colorado for the 27-year-old who is expected to be a workhorse yet again this season. Pavel Francouz is out at the moment with no timeline for a return. So there's a path to uh, Georgiev being uh, the most utilized goalie in the NHL, at least early on. Uh, per Betway, the Avalanche have the third highest in five points for uh, this season. So Georgiev, uh, will also be a front runner to lead the NHL in wins yet again. So uh, with most likely just Justice Anunen, uh as his backup at the moment, yeah. I don't think they're going to be giving him more than just your, you know, back-to-backs. Uh, so yeah, you're obviously a stud. Uh, Beeps, you are our resident Avalanche fan, so go off. I actually wore my stud hat specifically for Gorgiev tonight because um, he is just that. Uh, we're talking about guys who are going to lead the league in, in games played with the last two guys in Saros and Hellebuck. Well, if we're talking about teams that are better than them, uh, Colorado this year is they, they look like they're going to be an absolute, um, just dog again. I, I expect them to be a lot more like the avalanche team that won the Stanley cup with full health last year was an absolute, like it, it felt like every single night someone was out Bowen Byron missed 40 games. If you can get him for a little bit more, that should shore up the defense at some points we were playing, uh, like just Curtis. Our, our, I was going to say Curtis. Yeah. Curtis McDermott was eating 20 plus minutes of ice. That means probably about seven or eight guys are just blowing by him on to on, on one-on-ones or anything they want. So for him to put up 40 wins through 62 starts last year, I think it's a pretty much, if he stays healthy, a sure bet that he's going to be top five in the, in the league and wins. Um, as you mentioned, it was his first full season. So I, that's where I think he could really improve on what he did last year. Like I mentioned with a fully healthy team um, with Kale McCarr, he was in and out of the lineup a lot last year um, um, just for one or two games at a time. But what that meant was he was not fully healthy throughout the year. And if he can stay healthy as well, that should help just everything move with that team. Um, a little bit more depth at, at center as well should should go down the line. But yeah, like you said, um, 40 wins led the league last year. If he can push that save percentage uh, above a 920, I think you're you're getting, in my opinion, a top two goaltender because he's going to lead lead the lead or be a, one of the top uh, win getters. Wow, that came out like total garbage. Um, but he also had a really strong uh, goals against average too on a on a rather weak season from the team as well. He's giving you elite sh- um, shutout numbers. And when that comes around, he just fills all categories for me. I- I'm obviously super high on Colorado. I should be. Um, and uh, and I think we're choosing between some very good options here at the uh, the one, two, and three. 
and four. So, um, so realistically, um, I think there's a case for all these guys coming down to it. And I, I guess mine is just, I, I like the team a little bit more in front of him than I do the other teams coming up, but give me 65 starts. Brock, you kind of covered the injury news. That was more my biggest thing. He is, he's going to get, we saw him go back to backs last year and be completely fine. Um, as it came closer to the playoffs, obviously they're not going to want to lean on that again because he looked a little tired when the playoffs did come around, but yeah, justice and Noonan is not stealing anyone's workload. So, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love Gorgiev this year. I think he could be one of the biggest steals at the goaltending position. And, and that rarely comes, um, when looking at ADPs for top five guys, uh, at any position. So yeah, I'd love to be talking about him at number two next year. Consensusly. Currently going 26.8. So the start of the third round, he's looking like a guy that, you know, you can I'll start your it. draft with McDavid and, and get potentially the NHL leader and wins as well uh, to, to start your draft. It's pretty good. Moving on to number three, we've got Ilya Sorokin. I'm the highest on him at two. You two both have him coming in at number four. Overall, his ADP is 17.5, which is the number two goalie off the board. Uh, Sorokin may be the best goalie in the NHL, but remains uh, the best goalie for the New York Islanders who are pretty much mediocre and that's going to limit his fantasy upside to a certain extent uh over the last two seasons he leads the NHL with 13 shutouts tied for second in save percentage with a 925 and sixth in goals against average with a 237 uh but that's only been good for 11th in wins uh, with 35 year old Semyon Varlamov as his backup you can definitely expect Sorokin to start 60 plus games again this season uh yeah so obviously um uh, you guys are, are are weighting the you know overall uh, team a little bit heavier than I am. I'm obviously weighting the individual goalie a little bit more. Uh, to me, I I guess I'll just go first in terms of why I have him too. I just think the splits are so elite. The shutouts are going to be elite. He is you know maybe going to trail behind a little bit in in wins, but I don't think it's going to be such a large disparity that he can't make up for it with some of his elite level splits. So uh, D, we just heard about. Uh, Georgiev from Biebs. Why do you like Elias Sorokin uh, less than Georgiev? I, I love Sorokin overall. Um, to me, he is the the best option out of the out of the three talented workhorses on middling teams. You know, I got him ranked just above Hellebuck and Saros. I think they're all firmly in that tier together. I don't think you can um, decidedly say that Sorokin is above them. You know, his track record is amazing. He also has uh, have less time to kind of uh, regress and fall off a little bit. But you can't take away from the fact that. Um, from an individual performance, he's been as good as anybody since he's come into the league. The issue is we know that save percentage fluctuate a whole lot more on a year-to-year basis than an entire team's performance. Um, so I just think there's really no wiggle room for Sorokin. Like I'm having a hard time imagining how he can come out as the number two ranked fantasy goalie. I think he needs to return like a 925 to 930 again this season. Uh, and it just doesn't happen too often. Even the best of the best, the most talented goalies that we've seen have these years where their save percentage dips, at least in relative um, to the peaks that they've they flashed in the past. Look at Vasilevsky, for example, right? Uh, routinely up in the 920, the 925 range, but then he's also had a number of seasons finishing the 915, 916, 917 range. So um, Vasilevsky can sustain that sort of dip to a save percentage and still help you a ton with goals against average with wins. Sorokin is their defense, right? Like if you look at the defensive <laughs> metrics, yes. it's not the blue line. It's not them limiting chances. They were bottom 10 in shots against, danger chances against, and scoring chances last season. So 
Uh, he's really saving their banking consistently 82 games a year. If he takes a step back at all, if the puck luck isn't bouncing his way, uh, or if he's at all, obviously uh, battling any sort of injury that's affecting his individual performance, healthy coming into the season. But again, these are all things that just tend to fluctuate a hell of a lot more on a year to year basis than an entire team performance does. So I just think there's no wiggle room here and he just needs to continue to perform at these incredibly high levels. I don't think there's any room for him to build off of what he's done in recent years. Um, so yeah, I think he's a tremendous talented goaltender, but at the end of the day, he's on a middling hockey team and that's only going to carry you so far in fantasy. Moving on to number two, we've got Jake Ottinger. I've got him at three. Beebs has him at three, and D has him at two. Overall, he his ADP is 20.7, uh, making him the third goalie off the board. To me, looking at these ADPs, uh, 15, 17, 20, I, I think that Ottinger is probably the goalie that I would land on the most uh, in this big three. I, I find it a little bit more difficult to take these guys at the start of the second round than I do trying to pick up Ottinger later. Uh, closer to the turn. Like again, if you start with McDavid and you're looking at Ottinger and, and, and Georgiev towards the end of the second round, I'm, I'm more likely to land here. I, I love the stars this year. Ottinger had a strong 2022 regular season, but cemented himself as an elite goalie with a 954 save percentage in seven playoff games that year. And he carried that success in the 2023 time for second in wins with 37. Uh, G, uh, he was also second in goals against average and shutouts. He had a 237 goals against average and five shutouts and was tied for third in save centers, 919. So top three in all major goalie statistical categories. Uh, the Dallas Stars are also beloved by the sportsbook. Six highest implied total, uh, according to Betway this year. So uh, with, with, with Ottinger poised to probably start 70% of their games this year, uh, Ottinger should have another monster season, as I mentioned, top three in all major categories there. So uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. Uh, you had him at three. Why do you like Jay Gottinger? Yeah, and I guess I should more make the case why I liked Gorgiev more than Ottinger because it's pretty much the same goalie on just different teams. Um, I think Dallas is also going to be an absolute wagon this year. Um, I just think Colorado's maybe top three. Dallas might be top five for me. But like you mentioned, 919 save percentage, exact same as Gorgiev. Uh, goals against average, a little bit better than Gorgiev with a 2.37, about 15 points better. But then Gorgiev with three more wins. So so it's just DUA wins or goals against um, more. And who do you think is going to take that next step forward this season? And realistically, I hope they both do. And I like where they both kind of are in drafts. I, I got to agree with you. I would be much more comfortable getting um, getting Ottinger here or, you know, Gorgiev than I would be getting Sorokin that early. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's just a matter of the team in front of them. Um, I'm just repeating that consistently. Um, but, but I just like Colorado a little bit more than Dallas. And, uh, and I think, uh, that's fair enough since they're one of our bigger rivals. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree um, in terms of Ottinger being, you know, just a really safe bet this season. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a great target in the draft. I'm very happy to walk away with either him or Georgiev. Uh, if we're splitting hairs, I do have Ottinger ranked just above Georgiev. I have Ottinger in the two hole, Georgiev in the three. Um, Ottinger is a couple of years younger, too, uh, which is incredible to think based on the you know performances put up in the last few seasons. But he's just entering his age 25 season, both on the right side of 30. So age hardly a concern with Georgiev, but Ottinger still at the age where you think his best days could be ahead of him. And I just think the track record is just a little bit stronger, even though, you know, Georgiev has more games to his name. Uh, Ottinger has really performed each and every year that he's been in the league. Uh, we saw Georgiev have a couple of floundering seasons to end his career in New York, was obviously great in Colorado. Um, so I just think Ottinger has been a little bit more consistent to this point in their careers. But again, I'm happy to take either. Um, I'll probably end up with more Georgiev this season with him going about half a round later than Ottinger. And I'm fine with that. But 
uh, yeah, I think Ottinger, Georgiev, um, and the guy we're going to talk above them are just the perfect combination of all the criteria we're looking for. Should be getting a ton of games. They have uh, a high individual skill set, uh, and they're in some of the best situations with some of the best supporting cast that you could ask for. Yeah, and, and just a quick reminder, we are focusing a little bit more on these category leagues, trying to find guys that are going to put up elite splits and high win totals. If you're in a points league, make sure you head over to dailyfaceoff.com and use our customizable fantasy hockey rankings tool. Uh, you can find it in the draft gate or at the top in the nav bar under projections. Go to points leagues. Uh, and, and yeah, from there, you just got to go type in all the categories that you, you've got. Um, and some of these guys that play on these middling teams might be more valuable in points leagues and category leagues because they're going to be facing a lot more rubber. Uh, like we just said, you know, 2000 saves maybe for UC Soros. So those guys might be a little bit more valuable in those leagues. So if you are in points leagues, take a look over there as well. Let's get to number one, Igor Shesterkin. We all have him at one. He is the number one goalie off the board as well, 1580p. So the general public loves him. We love him, and for good reason. Shesterkin went 37, 13, and 8 with a 248 goals against average of 19, 16 save percentage and three shutouts in 2023. Wasn't quite the elite level that he was in 2022, but still over the last two seasons, he's tied for the NHL lead with 73 wins. Uh, additionally, he's tied for second in goals against average and save percentage and fourth in shutout. So Betway has the Rangers as the eighth best team in the NHL, giving them uh, an implied point total of over a hundred points. You know, the other teams on this list, probably you're looking at Colorado and Dallas as the only other two uh, towards the top of the list that are above the Rangers that have true workhorse goalies, right? If you, um, some of these other teams like the Maple Leafs and the Hurricanes, the Devils, the Oilers, not exactly sure how those those situations are going to roll out. So that's why Ottinger, um, Georg, Evan Shesterkin are so, so valuable. But yeah, the Rangers are outstanding. Shesterkin certainly among the best goalies in the NHL. Um, do you guys have anything to add on Igor Shesterkin? I mean, we're all at one. The general public's at one. Do you guys on that? I would just say I think that there's potential for a little bit more upside. If he just starts a little bit more games, he's a workhorse, uh, but the career high last year of 58 games started, it's a whole lot, but the other names we were talking about are creeping up into the mid sixties. So there's a potential for his workload to grow by another five or six games, tack a few more wins on there, uh, which I think could help him easily get to his first 40 win uh, season of his career. But yeah, I, there's not a safer bet uh, in the goalie position, but I, I will add though, I don't think I'll end up with any Shesterkin because I don't think he's that far ahead of the likes of Ottinger, Georgiev, or any of the you know the next four or five names that we talked about. So there's not that much of a gap that I think justifies that jump in ADP, but can't agree with the overall consensus rank with him being the number one goalie off the board. Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in agreement there. I think I'm going to have a difficult time getting to a lot of these guys going into the first two rounds when you've got somebody like UC Saros going a few rounds later. Um, without a doubt, even like we said, Tristan Jari, if you want to start down there, I'm completely fine, which is absolutely loading up with the top end goal scores, uh, in the draft, but that is going to do it for the first half. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about our breakouts, sleepers, and bust goalies for the 2024 fantasy season. Stay tuned. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 9, Episode 6 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Betway, a very Charlie Conway episode of the podcast. Quack, 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 everybody. Um, We're going to get right into it here. This will probably be a lot quicker than the second half we've had to date. There's just not a whole lot of underlying numbers to dig through like there can be with the skating positions. We're more or less just looking at opportunities. Uh, A lot of a lot of this just has to do with timeshares and us thinking maybe the public's consensus is a little bit off or not doing all the math, not crossing all the I's and dotting all the T's and maybe missing a thing or two that's affecting these ADPs to go in every which way direction. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, Beavs, why don't you start us off? Uh, who is your sleeper? Who do you think is getting schlepped on in goal this fantasy hockey season? Crossing I's and dotting T's. Oh, man. I Honestly, I wish I could do a goalie episode where I do not talk about this guy because he still kind of haunts me as an ex-Avalanche player. But it is Philip Grubauer out in Seattle. His current ADP is a 161. That's basically undrafted in a lot of leagues, fellas. Um, and I, I'm just not cool with that for Philip Grubauer, especially for a playoff team's starting goalie. Grubauer last year was just kind of terrible again. He posted his second straight season in Seattle with a below 900 save percentage as he had an 895. He also was hampered with a bunch of injuries. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to use that as another excuse for him. Um, but yeah, he went 17, 14 and 4 across those limited games. He had a 2.85 goals against. Um, one reason why Grubauer kind of I just didn't want to talk about him was cuz he absolutely dominated Colorado in the playoffs last year. I thought they were going to come in and score about eight goals a game on him. And then he decided to do the exact opposite and make me eat my words. Um, he ended up closing out the playoffs with a seven, seven and zero record and a nine Oh three save percentage. But that was after he had an above nine twenty against Colorado. He just got rocked by Dallas. So he kind of came back down to earth. But um, the reason that I am, I'm calling him absolutely slept on is because Seattle was fourth in the NHL in goals four, but they were also, they allowed the second lowest amount of shots on net. So as we talked about with a couple other teams, it's a really good trend. If your team scores a ton and doesn't allow a ton of high danger chances or shots in this case, also um, they were eight- third, third nope. lowest expected goals against in the NHL. So yeah, just not giving up any quality chances at all. Yeah. And at some point for these goalies, um, you got to kind of throw out, 
not throw it. You got to bring in all the scientific data or mathematical data that you can and kind of just ride that, especially if you're looking at sleepers. So if you're getting this guy at the end of your draft, we watched Martin Jones, who uh, we had a little talk before the show. Martin Jones is just not a good goalie, but he did finish the season last year with 27 wins, which was good for 11th in the NHL. That was with an 887 save percentage and a similar 295 goals against average, which was 10 points Gross. higher than Grubauer's actually. So if Grubauer can give us just a 900, he should be at least good for top 10 in the NHL in wins with that Seattle team. They're only getting older. They're only getting better, deeper. I think we're looking at a for sure bet into the playoffs this year, not a battle at the end of the year. And actually, in his last 15 games last season, he he posted an 898, which was quite bad, but he still posted a 9-3-1 record. They've committed a lot of money to this guy for five years, so he's only in year three of that contract. I don't think that they're ready to quite give up on him yet, It and as for as long as they are not ready to give up on him, I guess we can't really give up on him either. I think you're going to get a, uh, a high end amount of wins. If he can go anywhere close to he has a nine twelve save percentage across 11 NHL seasons, we kind of regurgitate this every year. But um, when you get to this double digit seasons um, and, and, and you have a save percentage on average above nine ten, especially with two just, horrendous years the last two seasons goes to show what he really is capable of he obviously had better teams in front of him but if he can even come back to a 905 save percentage which is below league average even um i think you get tremendous value out of this guy at 161 i would love to take him a couple rounds before the final round so if you can get him you know as as your third or if you do have to fall on him as a second goalie, if things just hit the fan or say you go to Sterkin early, um, I'm not, I to- don't think you're totally out to lunch. Finish the year with a 941 save percentage in his final five games. So little, little trends. He's a very hot and cold goalie, but if he's your third goalie, you can also choose when to play him a little bit more often. Only Chris Dreger behind him. So I don't think that his backup spot is really, or that his starting spots really up for, uh, up to be taken. So I would love stocks and group out of this year if I'm in a, a little bit of a panic mode um, late in my drafts. So yeah, sleeping on Phillip. Yeah, he. I think he actually has the biggest discrepancy in between his ABP and, and my actual rankings of him yeah. just because he does play on a good team. And I'm a little concerned that like, you know, they have been good defensively and he just seemingly can't get it done. They might just um, suck, but, yeah. But yeah, like he just might not be that good. But with that said, like even if he posts kind of like a middling save percentage, a below average save percentage, his goals against average is still going to be pretty solid. Um, so he's not going to completely crush you. It's not like he's a bad goalie on a bad team that's going to just you know destroy he's all of your Hart. splits. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Carter Hart, I think so. Carter's a good goalie just... on a bad team. Sorry, but he's yeah. not like on a team that bad that he just destroys everything you do. Yeah, so I have him projected for a 901 save percentage. And a 901 save percentage in Seattle, he'd probably have like a 265 goals against average, which is quite good. I do have him also 30 projected plus wins. for, for, for yeah. 30 wins in, in 56 starts. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Grubauer super late. Like, there's just – I don't think he's great. I don't think he's going to win you your league. But at his ADP of 161, he certainly – uh, isn't going to hurt you. I'm just going to keep going here with my sleeper just since he's actually going a little bit later uh, than Philip Grubauer. And that's Cam Talbot, 171.5 ADP at the moment. I talked about him a little bit in our first episode. Uh, I just think this is a nice situation. He was underwhelming in Ottawa last year, had a 293 goals against average and an 880, 898 save percentage and 36 appearances. Uh, as a result, 
Didn't get a lot of offers. Had to take a one-year deal this offseason, but landed in an ideal situation with the Kings. Uh, he's going to be battling with Phoenix Copley and David Riddick for starts in the crease uh, in L.A., and that's a job that I think he should be able to win. Copley obviously had a nice run with the Kings at the end of last season, uh, but there's a reason they went out and acquired Jonas Corposalo at the deadline. Uh, the Kings were among the best defensive teams in the NHL last year, ranking second in 5v5 expected goals against and seventh in power play, or penalty kill expected goals against. So um, Corpus Allo, when he was with the uh, Blue Jackets, went from a 317 goals against average and a 911 save percentage uh, to a 213 goals against average and a 921 save percentage in the Kings system. So that's kind of the glow up that I'm uh, expecting from a guy like Talbot this year. Uh, in his best seasons in the NHL, they were with the Wild, uh, and Talbot was tied uh, for 17th with a 9-13 save percentage, and those Wild teams are among the best best defensive teams in the NHL. Uh, so he, he's proven to be pretty solid in, in you know quality systems. I don't think he's the best goalie in the league, but I do think that he can uh, you know piecemeal some some pretty good results together this year, and I, I really don't think that he is in jeopardy uh of of losing a lot of starts to phoenix copley or david riddick i think that uh talbot could low-key get 50 starts this year i don't you know it's not something I'm, I'm projecting but i think that there's there's room for him to have quite a good season in la so uh basically cost you nothing he's going to be like the last pick in the 14th round or the first pick in the 15th round like super super late um as the number three goalie i think he could be really really good and that could allow you to maybe make some moves, uh, make a trade if he ends up being good. You can, you know, trade uh, your second goalie or something to a goalie needy team and could really spice things up for you. So, uh, yeah, really, really like Cam Talbot at ADP 171. But D, uh, your sleeper's going a little bit earlier, uh, almost 100 spots earlier. Tell us why you love Stuart Skinner at ADP 98.7. Yeah, a lot higher than the names you guys are, are talking about. Um, but still, I, I think well undervalued in terms of where he's being drafted. Um, he's the 20th goalie off the board on average. I have him ranked at number 10. Uh, Stuart Skinner might not be the sexiest name and certainly doesn't have a strong, as strong of a track record as uh, the rest of the, uh, the names that we talked about in that in the top 10 for our fantasy net miners. But um, in terms of the scenarios that he's in, you really couldn't ask for a better possible situation he's set to get the lion's share of starts for the highest scoring team in hockey they do have some defensive deficiencies but nobody scored more goals than the Edmonton Oilers last year and you can bet on them leading the way again this season in that regard and that sort of goal support is going to turn out a whole lot of wins for Stuart Skinner he took the starting job from Jack Campbell last season and ran with it drastically outperformed him down the stretch with a very solid 913 save percentage to show for it on the year on the whole of the season, Skinner started 48 of the Oilers' 82 games, uh, and their belief in him and his grip on the starting job only grew as the season progressed. He started 22 of Edmonton's final 31 games following the All-Star break, good for 71% of the workload. That is workhorse territory that would put him on pace for 58 starts over a full 82 games, which would put him on par with some of the biggest workhorses in the league. Easily puts him in range of 35 to 40 wins this season. The Oilers have been middle of the pack the last few years in shot, uh, shots against, so expect to pair those bulky wins with an above average goals against average but again those uh, should result in some extra saves and points leagues as well uh, and he's just 25 years old so he could easily improve on his already impressive 913 save percentage that he posted last season 
there are no sure things when it comes to goaltenders. Uh, let me make that clear. But Skinner to me checks all the boxes you could possibly want. And he sticks out like a sore thumb at his ADP of 98.7. To me, he should be closer to a low end number one fantasy goalie this year. And he's being drafted as a low end number two. So I think if you wait on goalies, he's an absolutely fantastic uh, goalie to target. Or if you're just looking to stack up, if you get him as your third goalie, I, I think you're in just such a powerful position. So uh, to me, getting this type of quality starter on a team that is just going to uh, give you tremendous goal support all season long. Uh, super, super valuable. And he's going way too late. Yeah. And, and I don't think that um, we can really understate uh, the difference that Matthias Eckel made once he arrived in Edmonton last year, either. Uh, if you look at the, the 21 game sample after Eckholm was there in, in March, the, the Oilers did improve uh, quite a bit defensively. They were a top 10 team in terms of all situations, expected goals against per 60 uh, after they acquired Matthias Eckholm. So uh, I, I don't know, like, obviously that's a small sample. I don't know if we can attribute all of that to the arrival of Eckholm, but in 21 games, I think it does at least lend some hope um, that the Oilers are going to be a little bit better defensively and, and could provide uh, Skinner with a little bit more defensive support because we already know uh, that he's going to be getting a ton of goal support. So yeah, absolutely uh, love that pick. I'm just going to transition into the bust right now. I have the highest uh, or lowest ADP bust on the season, and that is Jeremy Swayman at 53.5. Um, plain and simple, we already outlined why we like Linus Allmark and, and have him ranked number seven. Uh, for me, there's just not going to be enough starts to go around to justify drafting Swayman that early. And, you know, yeah, last year he started 33 games, won 24 of them. He was really, really efficient. I would expect him to be really, really efficient again this year. But when you're taking him at 53-1, you're passing on really, really good skaters for a goalie that's only going to play half. Like, in best-case scenario, he plays half the, half his team's games. It's just not enough. Um, and, and I already mentioned reasons why I don't love Allmark as much as I did last year. Like, this team is just not going to be nearly as good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he... If he's going to start 40 games on a team that's going to get 135 points again, sure, he'd be fine there. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're not going to be a 135-point team, and he's not going to start 50 games unless something crazy happens to Olmark. And, and those are the type of things that you just cannot bank on on draft day. So, yeah, the ADP of 53.5 is absolutely alarming to me. I don't really understand it. Um, I will have guaranteed 0% uh, Jeremy Swayman, unless all of a sudden he drops to like the hundredth pick. Yeah. I think if the way things are planning on going in Boston, you don't get that value. The only chance you get that value is if something happens to Allmark at that position, which that's just a crazy, crazy risk to take. I'm with you there, Brock. I want nothing to do with, with Swayman at that part in the draft. I, I, it's got to be people just pressing the save percentage button and looking at the leaders <laughs> and just choosing their goalie from there. But uh, yeah, no, let other people make that mistake. Yeah, like he don't get me wrong, he's a good goalie in a good situation, but it's yeah. just like it's for fantasy purposes. Like if he was going, you know, in the hundredth pick, like it, I'd be fine with it. Like he'd be a great second option because he's gonna win more than he doesn't. He's gonna put good splits up, but it's just there's so many good goals. Like he didn't even sniff our top 17 consensus, and he's going 53rd overall, which is crazy. But uh Beebs, you've got the second highest profile uh or highest ADP. Uh, bust here. So tell us why you are not targeting Devin Levi this year. Yeah, I absolutely hate to do this one because you know you never want to you never want to crap on on the young kid coming in the league to the on the exciting twenty one year old prospect. But Devin Levi is currently going at a ninety two point eight ADP. 
Um, he only had a seven game showing last year. He went five, two and zero, which is fantastic. He had, but he had a nine Oh five save percentage and a two ninety four goals against average. Um, he's kind of succeeded everywhere, but I think we really need to pump the brakes on this guy. Um, especially at the goaltending position, I'm actually gonna, gonna quote daily face offs, Mike McKenna, who is kind of like a, a goalie God, as we say in the business. Um, he knows quite a bit. He's called a lot of very, um, good goalie things. And basically he just said, Sabres fans, I'm excited about Devin Levi too, but there's only been one goalie in NHL history that has played in the NHL the season immediately after he played in the NCAA and did not play any games in the minors. And that was Gary Leskowski, which was back in 82. And that guy posted an 846 save percentage. Now I'm not going to say that, um, you know, we're going to get that type of brutal um, season out of Devin Levi. Cause obviously he's a bit higher of a, of a prospect than, than Gary Leskowski was back in the eighties. Um, but for me, it's like we said, like we say often about our bus, it's just a little too rich on the ADP um, for this guy. He's currently going around the names of Tristan Yari, who we talked about in our top 10. Um, and we didn't talk about Devon Levi. Um, we, we have, uh, we, we got Mark Andrew or Mark Andre Fleury, who I'm really not high on, but I think you could take with, uh, with a little bit of a higher chance at, um, at, at getting the other stats, like a save percentage and a goals against average. Thatcher Demko is going 98.7. Stuart Skinner, as D talked about, we had him at number 12 on our ranking, which is way higher than Levi. Um, Darcy Kemp for 101. And then even Aiden Hill at 147, I would rather have just with the team in front of him, obviously some start potential going away with Logan Thompson, but the same kind of thing is happening with Levi out in Buffalo right now. They have three goalies. We mentioned it earlier, earlier in the show. And unless they trade UPL or they trade Comrie, it doesn't look like they're going to go away from what they did last year. And that was a three starter system. And when that happens, that absolutely decimates a guy's fantasy potential. Again, he had only had a nine Oh five across seven games last year. The wins were great. Um, Buffalo is expected to be a much better team, but I don't think that Buffalo is willing to run this guy into the ground. The last thing they want to do is kind of ruin a player at 21. The reason I don't like taking the chance here at this 93 ADP is if it doesn't go well early in the season, Levi could very well be down in the AHL. And if that's the case, if you're using a pick that could have went towards Stuart Skinner or Tristan Yari or even Thatcher Demko, these are all massive moves that could have, serious repercussions because if not you're gonna have to trade for some of those players and you might have to trade a point per game guy which is someone you could have got around that position um and i really realistically even if say you are sitting in 93rd take those other guys take the little bit of a reach over levi i just don't love the idea of a rookie goaltender being your goaltender too um because if you are taking at this point that's kind of where you're going so, yeah, Buffalo gave up the seventh most shots on goal last year in the NHL. That needs to be fixed. They also had the seventh most goals again. So that 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 kind of is a glaring thing that needs to be fixed um, out there in Buffalo. They are a very exciting team, but I just don't think that they are a for sure playoff team yet. And I think you get a couple just way, way more just goalies. I'm a lot more confident with around that part. So. Would love to see uh, Levi have an absolute breakout season. Would love to see him lead Buffalo, but thinking he's going to get anywhere more than 40 starts, I think would kind of be insane. Um, and I just don't see it happening with a 21 year old netminder. Um, so I, I'm sorry to do it, but uh, I, I got to call a bust on one of the most exciting players in the NHL this season. I think I have projected for 48 starts, which is kind of like best case scenario. If they're carrying yeah. three goalies, who really knows how 
uh, where it could go. Uh, I do think the Sabres look like they're a little bit better than they were last year. Uh, did some some work to bolster their blue line, bringing in you know Connor Clifton, Eric Johnson. Uh, obviously, another year of Rasmus Alin, Owen Power, Matias Samuelson will, will go a long way as well. But um, it is worth pointing out that they were ninth in the NHL, uh, ninth worst in the NHL in expected goals against in all situations last year. So they weren't very good defensively. Um, and if they continue to struggle in that area this year, it could be difficult for Devin Levi. Yeah, uh, I, based on where I have him ranked, I probably won't get any Devin Levi this year either. But uh, another guy I certainly won't be targeting at his current ADP is Pyotr Kachetkov, and D tell us why. Uh, yeah, Kachetkov, I think there's probably, or is probably one of the goalies that we've done the biggest 180 of uh, in terms of, you know, finishing the end of last season and then getting to the start of preseason this year. He looked set to really take over the Hurricane starting job this season, or at the very least, uh, enter a tandem, the likes of, you know, that Anderson and Antti Branta have split in uh, recent seasons. Um, and that was because he was the only one signed beyond the end of last season. They signed him to a four-year contract extension last November uh, when, you know, he looked at, probably at his best. I think he had like a 9-15 through his first four or five starts. And they were like, yep, goalie of the future right there. Lock it up. Here's four years. Uh, and then, you know, he didn't necessarily struggle, but kind of just flattened out a little bit and certainly uh, wasn't anything uh, special and, and wasn't. Uh, outperforming the likes of Freddie Anderson and Antti Catch Chekhov finished the season with a 909 save percentage in 24 games, right on par with what Anderson put up through an injury-riddled season and actually a little bit below uh, the mark that Antti Ranta finished at at, at 910 in a similar workload. So um, the biggest concern is that the Hurricanes went out and re-signed both of those guys to one-year contracts. So if Kachekov is the goalie of the future, it appears that the future is still just that. It's the future. It's not the here and now. Again, four-year contract, which is great. He's the only one of the three that are waiver-exempt. Um, so unless this is a team that looks to do a deal with the lightning as we get closer to this, uh, to the start of the season, uh, and perhaps look to move the likes of anti Ranta, um, again, that's going to be tough for the lightning to pull off with their cap situation and the hurricanes don't really have a huge need to do so that it seems that they're really comfortable with rolling with Ranta and Anderson as their one a and one B with Kachekov, uh, insurance to come up if there's an injury. Uh, but in the meantime, if all three are healthy, uh, the one that's waiver exempt and the one that's just 23 years old is going to be the one that they want to make sure is still starting a lot of games down in the AHL. So that's going to be Kachekov to start the year. He's going 125th overall as if he's the backup or the one B on that team. And it's just not the case at this point in time. And, you know, there's extra incentive for them to keep him down in the AHL, at least to start the season. Um, waiver exemption, the way it works, it's either if you get to four seasons or 60 games played in the NHL, you hit that mark as a goaltender, whichever comes first. He's only in a, going into his third season now. He's played 28 games to date. So if they keep him below 32 appearances this year, he'll be waiver exempt again at the start of next season. Again, just giving them that much more flexibility heading into next offseason. So I do expect if he does get a run in the NHL, it'll be later in the season or we're going to need an injury to happen. And even then, we're looking at best case, a timeshare with one of the other two. So the fact that he's going 125th overall doesn't really, or it might not jump out at you in terms of a bust, but it really seems like this is going to be a guy that is not going to be able to help you. Someone that you're probably going to be considering dropping, even if you do draft him in the 10th round um, at the start of the season, because he's not going to be in the NHL right now. He's projected to start the season in the AHL. You look at the guys going behind him. Um, not the best situations and maybe some goalies that have struggled a little bit in recent years, but still bona fide starters that are going to be able to provide you at least with some value to start the season. Jakob Markstrom, I think is a, a fairly solid back bounce back candidate that should see a ton of games for the flames. He's going after Kachetkov. Uh, Billy Huso, I think is an interesting name in Detroit. 
a little bit more competition there this year. But again, a middling team that where he should uh, be still seeing the bulk of the starts. Uh, Carter Hart can at least give you games. I don't think he's a great one to target in terms of splits, but you got the Vegas goalies, Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, uh, and then some breakout candidates further down the list. And uh, even Antti Ranta going 175th overall. Uh, again, looks to be in a timeshare with Freddie Anderson to start the year. So uh, not the sexiest names going behind it, but there's just no reason to go and get Kachekov in the 10th round when it does not look like he's going to be on an NHL roster to start the season. So I think a lot of this just bakes into the uh, the notion that we had finishing last season that he looked to be the goalie of the future, looked to be uh, locked into at least a tandem. That's not the case. They went out and re-signed uh, the two goalies that were ahead of him on the depth chart last year. Again, he's the only one that can be sent down without having to clear waivers. So expect him to be in the AHL to start the season and expect to really be regretting that 10th round choice. It's not as much that, you know, here are a bunch of goalies that you should be taking instead of him, uh, but just don't take them and look to improve your roster elsewhere. Uh, because yeah, he, by all indications, is not going to be with the team to start the season or the very best case scenario, they're going to be carrying three and he's going to be in a three-way timeshare and maybe get a, a start every couple of weeks. So not going to be great. I don't imagine them going down that route given his age. I think they'd rather him get a lot of games in the AHL. Uh, so yeah, still one to watch in the future, but uh, unfortunately doesn't look to have a lot of, or really any short-term value. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense why they would carry all three when they can simply send them down. Um, to me, it, you know, the way you say it is, yeah, like he, there's no real need to rush him. He can remain waiver exempt. They were able to spring back two guys that they were familiar with that played well on very, very cheap deals, right? 3.4 over two years, uh, for two years, excuse me, for Anderson, 1.5 for one year for Ranta. Um, you know, maybe they flip Ranta at the deadline and Kachekov comes up then, but like, like that's so far down the line. Um, you know, I like Kachekov. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, but you know, it's also worth pointing out the numbers weren't that outstanding in the AHL last year either. Just a 903 save percentage, uh, a season ago after posting a 921 save percentage, uh, in the AHL in 2022. So, uh, a bit of a disappointing year. I think maybe, yeah, the Hurricanes are just looking at him and saying, this is a guy that we're just not quite ready to rely on on a night to night basis. And, um, you know, you're certainly not going to want to rely on him on a night-to-night basis uh, in fantasy hockey, picking him up in the 10th round. All right, let's talk about some breakouts. Uh, I'll start. Joseph Wall is my breakout. Uh, we talked about um, just all the things that Ilya Samsonov has going for him, uh, which is great. The Leafs are an outstanding team. Uh, but the, the reason that I think Samsonov is maybe not uh, as high up on my rankings as he was on your guys' rankings is just because I am still concerned a little bit of how much that workload can be. And then part of that concern for me is just how good uh, Joseph Wall was last year. He looked really, really good. Uh, he appears to be the goalie of the future for the Maple Leafs. Uh, they did bring in Martin Jones, but he does not seem to be a, a factor at the moment. Um, but yeah, if you if you go back to 2022, 11 career uh, regular season starts for Joseph Wall, uh, 238 goals against average, 924 save percentage, really, really good stuff. I uh, did see some time in the uh, playoffs last year as well, 243 goals against average, 915 save percentage. Uh, looks really good, looks comfortable whenever he gets the crease. We talked about how good this Maple Leafs team is. Uh, I, I think, you know, at the back end of the draft, you're 167. Uh, Joseph Wall is, is a great option. Um, you know, as a number three goalie, he obviously offers you value whenever he's going to get the start there. Uh, there's absolutely no risk in taking him. And I do think that if he continues to play well, which he hasn't given us any reason to believe that he won't, uh, other than maybe a little bit of a shaky preseason thus far, um, you know, he he could certainly earn 35, 40 starts this year on a really good Maple Leafs team. So uh, yeah, like if you look at, at my at my breakout and my sleeper here, 
Cam Talbot and Joseph Wall, I, I have high high hopes for both of them. And if you want to completely punt the goalie position in the in the um, you know, maybe you pick up a really good guy at the start and you need to uh pick up some some wingers and defensemen in the middle rounds, I'm totally fine taking both these guys uh in the late part of my drafts and just kind of making sure I'm on dailyfaceoff.com every single day and making sure I got Wall in my lineup when he gets to start for the Leaves and Penny and Talbot when he gets to start for the Kings and go along with a Shesterkin or an Ottinger, Sorokin, Georgiev, Hellbuck, one of those top end guys. Uh, so yeah, I like Joseph Wall uh, a lot this year, but D I'm just going to go back to you here for a second on Akira Schmid because he was one of the names that uh, falls just below uh, your bust in, in Kachekov. You've got Kachekov uh, currently going um, 123.8 and then Akira Schmid at 159.5. Yeah. Um, again, just kind of seems to be, um, a goalie tandem that's more up in the air than, and people don't really, or the, at least the general fantasy public doesn't seem to have a firm grasp on, um, how this might play out. You know, we're not getting a whole lot out of devil's camp. It seems like Vitek Vanacek, it's going to be his job start, or he at least the very least is going to be the one a, uh, but I think we just need to remember how good Akira Schmid was last season. He's just 23 years old. Uh, had 18 appearances last season. All he did was chuck up a 922 save percentage and a 2.13 goals against average. Uh, and we saw Vanacek really sort of struggle down the stretch, right? He came out to a, a really hot start, uh, kind of teetered towards the end of the regular season. And then that carried into the playoffs where uh, they turned to Schmid, right? And Schmid was great in the postseason. He was great in that first round. It's worth indicating, and, and you know, postseason the playoffs it's a different beast it's a different nature but they did still go back and forth uh after a shaky performance from schmied or after a loss um and i think that's going to be a lot of what we're going to see in this regular season the reason that i like schmied so much and the reason why i still like vanacek and i'm fine taking him um kind of within his adp i maybe a little bit lower i i think i have him as the 14th off the board uh but i want whichever goalie is going to be a net for the devils i think this is going to be a very good team i think they're easily going to strut into the postseason they have a legitimate chance at winning this division um, and the goal support should be great. They're very solid defensively. And Schmid himself looked uh, looked the part last year. So there's every possibility that he continues to outperform Vanacek uh, and slowly take more and more of that job. Would not surprise me in the slightest if we're talking about him as one of the biggest steals if he is able to wrestle away that starting job completely. But I think just with how last season ending and how reliable he was down the stretch, and particularly in the postseason, I think he's earned himself at the very least a tandem split here. Uh, and I think Vanacek, even if he performs well, uh, assuming Schmid continues to play at the levels he's shown that far, I think Vanacek will be capped at more of the 40 to 45 start range, maybe kind of push towards 50, but it's going to leave a lot towards Schmid. Uh, and again, that's assuming Vanacek plays well. If it continues to falter like we saw down the stretch last season, uh, then I would not be surprised at all if Schmid's able to overtake this job before season's end. And if that happens, he's going to be, like I said, one of the biggest steals of the draft. So he is a name that I absolutely love going after. Um, at the bottom of your draft, especially if you have Vanacek, because I think just solidifying the situation and, you know, saying I'm going to get the starting goalie in New Jersey, it's going to be a huge asset. It's not always the greatest, you know, burning two uh, draft picks on one slot, but with how late Schmid's going, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, it might limit the overall upside in terms of, you know, you can only get one starting goalie out of those two picks. But uh, the fact that you're, like I said, really solidifying having a, a very good number one fantasy net minor, depending on which way that job shakes out, worth going and getting Schmied and adding it to uh, a, a roster where you already grabbed Vanacek or maybe a, a keeper or a dynasty where you're going in with Vanacek. So uh, like Schmied a lot this year, uh, and I think he has every opportunity to, to run away with the job on what should be a very good hockey team. Yeah, I was way, way lower on Vanacek uh, than you guys were in terms of our consensus rankings earlier, and that's more just to do with Schmid. 
Um, it probably a bit of a cop out for me, but this looks like the closest thing to a one A one B situation as there is in the NHL. Uh, I have them both projected for forty one games this year because I really have no idea. And obviously, um, you know they're they're basically projected for identical seasons. And then when you just take a look at one of them going eighty first and the other one going one hundred and sixty seventh or whatever, uh, I, I think it's very clear which one I would rather have. Um, just on, on draft value alone. But yeah, I, I think Vanacek is good. Uh, but when you can probably get his equal, um, you know, double the ADP uh, later, I like Schmid a ton. I think he looked outstanding last year. And as you mentioned, uh, the Devils were outstanding. And this kind of feels like Vanacek from last season. We talked about Vanacek last year um, as a sleeper on this very episode and how he would likely be able to take over from Mackenzie Blackwood. That's exactly what happened. Vanacek was great. He was a fantasy steal. And now this kind of feels like it's coming full circle uh, with Akira Schmid now. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you end up with Vanacek as ADP, I think it's fine. But Schmid looks uh, outstanding. I absolutely love the value of this pick. But, uh, Biebs, why don't you close things out with your breakout candidate for 2024 between the pipes? If it's, I just have to say, if it's going full circle, though, does that mean that Vanacek's ending up in San Jose? Because that would just be a hilarious transition. Because um, that's where Mackenzie Blackwood currently is anchoring. Uh, the net. Um, but no, I, I love, I love those picks. Um, both of them. And I kind of wanted to follow the trend of just, you know, high end prospects that should take over a starting job by the end of the year. Um, and I went with Joel Hoffer out in St. Louis currently not being drafted at all. So he doesn't have an ADP, which is uh, kind of exactly where I'd take him. But um, luckily we are talking about breakouts and this is someone who I think you would, uh, you kind of got to keep an eye on as the year goes by. Um, Joel Hoffer currently right now, uh, or currently last season, sorry, had a three, one and one record, a nine and five save percentage. So the same as Levi and a three twenty two. uh, my apologies, a three twenty two goals, goals against average, um, wasn't great there, but the reason why I had to choose this guy, not so much is the team in front of him, but the goalie that is in front of him, Jordan Binnington. He sucks. Um, I think I can just straight up say it. As far as fantasy goes, he has absolutely burned a couple of us in the last few seasons. He has the longest leash we've ever seen for a terrible goal. Actually, maybe Grubauer fights him, but he has one of the longer leashes. Uh, He last year posted a 27, 27 and six record while trying to punch someone every other night. Um, I was just going to say, I bet your other teams wish he was actually on a leash attached to the net. So he would seriously stop running out and then running to his bench. Um, He had an eight, 94 save percentage let me repeat that an 894 the only goalie that had more success the worst save percentage was martin jones and uh they're both not good he had a 331 goals against average he had the second most goals allowed in the nhl at 194 basically what i'm saying goals yeah oh my god he must have had the greatest sunburn on the back of his neck from that light going off consistently the amount of six spots that he was left in people's fantasy lineups for oh poor guys but joel hoffer is i think the goalie of the future here in st louis he excelled he's kind of excelled at almost every level including the ahl last year we were talking about jonas johansson having a great year well, Joel Hoffer kind of just one-upped him. He had a 921 save percentage, which was good for fourth in the in the AHL. He had five shutouts, which was good for second. And he also had 27 wins, which was also good for second. The only player who made him look worse or who was better than him was Dustin Wolf. And that guy's an absolute freak when it comes to just leading every league he ever plays in. 
Um, and also I just wanted to shout him out. If, uh, if, if Vladar gets traded, which there's some talk out in Calgary, definitely someone to keep an eye on in Dustin Wolf, but I won't go much further on that one. Um, Hoffer just signed a two year contract. It is a two way contract. So if, uh, Malcolm Subban does make an impact in camp, there's a chance that Hoffer could be the third goalie, but, like last year, I fully expect this season to get away from St. Louis. And when that happens, I think they need to figure out what they have in Hoffer. And that could be big for you as the season comes down to the late parts, especially the second half. That's why I'm kind of saying pump the brakes on drafting him. But it, you do definitely keep an eye. If this guy ends up taking more starts, he could be a goalie who, I mean, we got 27 wins out of a guy with an 894 last year. So it could get a lot better. He could save your goaltending at the bottom of uh, 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 at the end of a season just someone to keep an eye on. Um, and I think a goalie who next year will be the solidified starter in St. Louis. Um, Biddington also coming down to the end of that terrible contract. I believe he has one more year on it after this year. So not coming down, but they can at least commit to the next piece a little bit more. Um, so Hoffer's breakout really does depend on Biddington continuing to um, just absolutely crumble. But uh, I, I do like him, and even if it comes down to him being the backup, he makes a decent start on when he needs some spot starts. Uh, he's clearly shown that there's something there. So I like Joel Hoffer, um, and I don't think a lot of people even know the name exists. So just wanted to get that one out there. Yeah, I, I don't think, um, just to clarify, uh, Bennington has two years remaining yeah, that uh, after after this. Uh, Oof, sorry, three years longer. remaining. Oh, uh, I take it all back. This at $6 million. But no, Hoffer, I, I, I do... Uh, uh, I think it's actually Hofer, but uh, yeah. he, he definitely looks like the goalie of the future here. Um, you know, really good numbers in the AHL last year. 921 save percentage was really good, like you said. I don't think that they can just continue to trot Bennington out there as he gets shelled. Uh, here's a fun fact for you. Over 40% of his starts last year, did he give up four or more goals? That is gross. Oh. He had like several, several six and five burgers as well. It was just a that's got to go down as like one of the worst fantasy seasons ever from a, a guy who was like legitimately drafted around the 100 mark. Yeah, it was not great. It was certainly uh, ugly. But uh, the only concern I have with, with not just Bennington but Hofer is I, I don't really think that yeah, uh, this sucks. team got much better defensively. I still think that they're going to struggle. Uh, defensively at times this year, they were one of the worst defensive units in the NHL a season ago. So that is a little bit worrisome. Uh, but I do think Hofer's got some value just in the fact that he could probably make this a 50, 50 split with any sort of, uh, positive play whatsoever. Yeah. I was just, I was just going to add the blues are just not very good, um, yeah, no, defensively. And, yeah. um, but I do, th- I would expect Hoffer to perform better than what we've seen out of Bennington. Um, just wanted to maybe throw a little bit of help Bennington's way. Not that yeah, you know, he needs some. Yeah. yeah, but they yeah, I think they're. I got it right here right now. Actually, they're they were uh, fifth in expected goals against fifth worst of expected goals against per sixty last year at three point six. So his three point three goals against maybe not looking too bad, um, but uh, he's still well well below in terms of goals saved above average. He's uh, posted a minus nineteen last year. So even an average goalie they think uh, would have saved about nineteen more. Um, goals than Bennington was able to last year. So yeah, I would agree that uh, I would expect them to kind of look for a change in there. And 
Um, honestly, I, I kind of think too, if Bennington performs at a half decent level, it could also just work in Hoffer's favor because it could help them uh, move him, make him at least more of an enticing trade chip. Because as it is right now, uh, that contract looks pretty immovable. But uh, you never know. Half decent season from Bennington, eating 50% of it, you might be able to to sway a desperate team there. And again, we just open up another opportunity for Hoffer. So I think one way or another, he's going to be getting plenty of starts before the end of the season. So I'm with you. Yeah. Worth keeping an eye on late in the season for sure, or like at the midway point, I think. I do think Dustin Wolf is a name that definitely needs to be monitored as well mm-hmm. uh, over mm-hmm. the next week. Because I like the value you get on Jacob Markstrom right now, but if Dustin Wolf's there full time, uh, things could change pretty quickly. Uh, I don't think he's going to supplant him as a starter in year one. I do still think Markstrom's pretty good value. Um, we will see some Wolf at some point this well, season. Well, it's going to make great spot starts when he does. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Whenever he gets called up with that. Just real quick, and for another one, just for deep dynasty leagues, Jesper Wallstead. Um, again, just depends how deep your league is, but if you're stashing um, prospects, Jesper Wallstead, one of the best goalie prospects, two stash, uh, 20th overall pick just a couple of seasons ago, looked great in the OHL, or looks really good in the OHL, I should say, but great for his age. Hard to look uh, good just, there, to be honest. Yeah, 908 save percentage in just 19, at just 19 years of age last year. Very, very impressive, and obviously we expect Flurry to be uh, out of that picture sooner rather than later. So if he is able to work his way into that scenario, it would be great. Still might be a year away, but again, if that's the case, then still maybe we're stashing in Dynasty League. So Jesper Wall yeah. said just another name to keep an eye on. I was going to bring him up when we were talking about Philip Gustafson as somebody that could maybe make Philip Gustafson shake in his boots a little bit. Uh, I believe Fleury's in the final year of his contract too. something to keep an eye on. They could move on from Fleury and Wallstead could be the number two in Minnesota. Uh, and just to clarify, uh, he was in the AHL last year, not the OHL, but still uh, 18, 15 and five with a 908 save change in the AHL. And yeah, that's just what I said. Of- Sorry if I didn't enunciate. I am a mumbler at times. <laughs> yes, he is uh, one of the elite gold tending prospects in the NHL. So yes, absolutely love that show as well. Two really good uh, goaltending prospects to stash in Dynasty if they aren't already. Uh, That's going to do it for Season 9, Episode 6 the DFO Fantasy Podcast presented to you by Betway. That will also put a bow on our positional preview episodes uh, for this season. We will be back. We will continue to churn out content leading up to the start of the season, but if this is the last one uh, that you listen to, good luck at your drafts. Uh, make sure you go out there and draft a, a juggernaut this week or this weekend uh, because we've given you everything, all the ammo that you need to build a championship team. We've laid out plenty of scenarios, uh, ways that you can navigate the draft. Um, and if your draft isn't until a little bit later in the week, keep an eye out at dailyfaceoff.com and check out my perfect drafts where I outline some ideal strategies to try to go through and navigate the draft to get the best picks possible. And also make sure you're looking uh, at our draft, get tons of content in there. In addition to the perfect drafts, lots of different stuff. Uh, all of our rankings, everything that you're going to need. And then obviously we've got the customizable rankings tool as well. So uh, it's been a pleasure, fellas. Until next time. See you then. Happy draft season. Best of luck. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 